What can we learn from Cédric Royer? My name is Peter Snowaert and welcome to What's on Your Mind, your favorite podcast about selling mindset and personal growth. Now, we can learn a lot about Cédric. I mean, this seasoned senior sales professional will share everything he knows about sales, sales teams and sales leadership. I think this is only the first episode because I have still lots of questions for Cédric but that is for a future episode. Of course, everything about sales, but there's even more. We're also going to talk about self-awareness, but the rest you can listen or watch in the episode. Enjoy our conversation, Cédric Royer. Welcome to What's on Your Mind with Peter Snowart. Every week a guest talks about his or her story, and that story can inspire you to change your own. Here's Peter. Cédric, um... Good morning. Eh, to start with, uh, I have I, I, I have lots of um, questions for you because um, from the the mail conversation that we had, I'm a big fan of you uh, and also the content that you bring um, because you are very different than me and at the same time we're very similar. Um, mm-hmm. Now, um, where do I start? Um, but first of all, let me say thank you that you're a fan. I think uh, you're the first fan I speak to uh, ever, so uh, it's an honor. Yeah, but the reason why I'm a fan is that, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of an uh, an assumption that I make. And eh? the first mistake you make in sales is make assumptions. Yeah. Is the fact that I am convinced, or I feel that you have been on a kind of a journey in your personal life, but especially also in your professional life, and also as a sales leader, where you when like 20 years ago, when you look at sales and sales teams and high performance culture, and now that is a big change because I, when I, I was just peeping on your site and I see similar words that I use right now, whereas 20 years ago, I would find them complete bullshit. And I'm talking here about soft skills like trust, compa- compassion, and things like that. Whereas 20 years ago, for me, I am... I mean, I wouldn't use that word in in a more hard sales context. Is that correct, my assumption? Yeah, your assumption is correct. And it was definitely a journey. Um, My my view uh, was before as well, right? And I think, I don't know if it's a Belgian thing or not, but pretty hierarchical. You had respect for uh, the boss. Whatever they did was good. And then you had a traditional management um, uh, themes that... Uh, they used to say that when a manager is right, never back off as a manager. Even if you're not right, then just find a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, we all feel this is not the right way to go, uh, not the right way to develop, to have performance. Um, and so, so this vulnerability, this opening up is absolutely crucial to be, well, for me, successful in sales, but also have a, have a good life. And can then, I, I mean, you, you lead the sales team. For me, I am not on top of that sales team, but I, I'm under them. So my, my passion and ambition is to uplift them. How do you, how do you mm-hmm. see that? Because I admit in the past, I was very proud of my VP uh, uh, title because I think it was the most important thing in the world, that title. But it meant nothing. It meant nothing. It was just an ego thing. Yeah. Whereas right now, I really enjoy the fact that I see very young people. I consider myself also as young, but I mean, in terms of the numbers which is on their passport, is that when I see them grow, and, and specific things, how they are dealing with customers, that makes me feel that's my that's my fuel. How do you look at, at that? Yeah, absolutely. When I call it the aha erlebnis, and eh? when you see that uh, click in the eyes uh, changing, then uh, you know you are doing a good job, and then you see the the, the progress during the calls. 
Um, when I when I interview people to uh, what it is to be part of my mm-hmm. team, I talk about the mesh. Uh, some people say we are only as strong as the weakest link, as they see their team as being a chain. I see it as a mesh, uh, which is like a, a, a bunch of metal wires uh, woven in together. And um, I tell you, we none of us are strong in everything. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to help uplifting each other by the skills that we have and how we can help uh, each other to be successful, whether it's a, a product skill or a typical sales skill, like creating air urgency or anything else. So helping each other and lifting each other up is, is absolutely crucial. Um, at the same time, for me, uh, I work with it with a framework in mind. And um, if I see there is no performance and that framework becomes more and more narrow, uh, the things like basics, like productivity, they have to be there, willing to learn, being coachable. Uh, all these things uh, have to be there to to be able to be successful. Um, at the same uh, at the same time, I also say okay, when, when I hire people, that um, uh, I want you to be able to go to work anywhere you want in two years. At the same time, in that two years, I don't want you to leave uh, because we have the best team you can uh, further develop. So uh, also there, I put a challenge for myself to. Uh, keep the high performance uh, in my teams. Yeah. That's, that's one. That was one of my questions. I mean, how how does your how does your hiring process look like? For instance, I mean, I assume people will come via HR, and then you will get some kind of CV. Then you will have a meeting uh, with them. How how do you deal with that? And how do you select them? Yeah. So that's more or less a process. Uh, so if you look at uh, what I'm looking for is uh, the coachability I spoke about, uh, people that are entrepreneurial, especially people that have been an entrepreneur and want to work. Eh? So those people have tremendous drive. They know what it is. If they don't sell, then they don't have any eh, bread on the plank, to say an extremely famous expression. Um, and, and that's uh, very important. But also important is that when you speak about coachability, uh, learnability. Yeah. Eh? So being able to get feedback, uh, give feedback. And then last but not least, uh, many of the sales, they're, they're good speakers or they're also the doers. Mm-hmm. So when people say, hey, yeah, um, I want to become the best salesperson, I always ask, okay, so what's the last podcast or book you have mm-hmm. read and what did you learn out of this? And then when you see people, okay, immediately answering and, and what they learned, uh, that's an amazingly good uh, plus, of course, even when they're a junior. Um, and if people kind of answer this, then yeah, that's, that's a red flag for me. Yeah, it's same for me. I even between brackets and going to oblige, not pushing, but stimulate the team to listen to podcasts. Uh, I give them literally books and I, especially the ones who say, I want to become a sales director. Look, you don't yeah. have to do it for me, but if you don't read this material, if you don't suck it up, I mean, the same person you're going to be in five years is going to be the same person you are right now. So it's your choice. I'm not going to push you. I, I give it to you. And um, yeah. I mean, that's for yeah. me the same. And I still, at this day, I don't understand in general why salespeople don't read books, uh, don't listen to podcasts when they want to have that uh, skill to talk at sea levels. Because do you really believe that knowing your product in a technical way is the only way you're going to sell to that sea level? I think it's, I don't, I really don't understand that. And they look at me, where do you get this, all this knowledge and this broad, um, yeah, how do you say, how knowledge uh, about things? Now, um, Okay, I, I fully agree. Eh? I mean, I call it coachability and also adaptability, which means is that you can coach people. But, I mean, I also want to see some action because the thing I really uh, hate between brackets is when you coach people, they have that click in their heads, but they don't do anything with it. 
Yeah. So I I want to see, and if they fail, that's fine. Yeah, they have to redo it again and again and again. That's that's a combination of the two. Um, what what is the deal with you? Um, you have a sales team in the in the hiring process. Do you in later steps when you say, okay, that person is going to be a fit or maybe is a good fit? Are you going to have also meetings with some team members and that uh, potential um, team member? Yeah, so uh, we, we, we tell them that uh, candidates can have like a half an hour with the two of their future peers um, just so they know that what we tell as being the hiring manager is actually the truth or if we, if we just like uh, telling something to bring them in. So uh, it's a two-way street, right? So for the, um, the candidates, for them, it has to be a fit as well. And that's a very important part of the process. I mean, uh, culture is extremely important. Um, you, you might have a high-performance sales organization, but if it's not the right environment for that candidate, then it's better not to move forward. Um, so that that's a very important thing. Um, when you speak about doing, we hire pretty quickly, and then uh, uh, we really work on that uh, activity and, and, and upskilling people, going from um, uh, um, coaching sessions where we simulate like a um, uh, sales place, um, and, and, and actually this is only one part because the second part is then the feedback stage where uh, w w for the first time when people are in that environment, that's very unusual. But when they get that feedback, they know it's, we don't work on the person, we work on the skill, um, in a safe environment. So then you really see people opening up, uh, soaking in that, uh, uh feedback. And then, um, the next step is of course, a shadowing or, or using it into a sales call and understanding, okay, what did they, uh, catch up? Uh, did they catch up um, or was it just an exercise and then they forgot all about it uh, afterwards? The emotion, creating that emotional safety environment is really crucial there. I'm really happy that you, that exactly. you mentioned that because in the past in the environments that I worked, I didn't always see that. It was really high performance and it was really focusing on getting that target. And um, is that also something that you, that's, that's the difference between Cedric right now and Cedric of 20 years ago, where you're more focusing on the KPIs and the Excel sheets? Yeah, definitely. I started sales. Actually, my first job was in marketing and I started sales thinking that it's having a nice conversation with uh, people. I started in complex sales, um, but that's not the case, of course. And um, then when I was uh, as, as a people manager, uh, I was, again, really top down looking on the numbers um, and more and more this this. Uh, uh, mind uh, aspect has uh, grown into it. And of course, I have run uh, multiple times uh, with my head against the wall. I've lost good people because of my uh, initial uh, way of uh, managing, I'm going to call it. It was not leading at all. Um, so, you, so you learn from it. And the most important thing is that you learn from it. And exactly, and I, I don't know who I will be within five years, uh, but it is a journey and I only hope to become uh, better at it. That's uh, also something that triggered me. You studied um, communication, but also you studied uh, contemporary history. What the hell did you do then from history going to uh, marketing? I mean, what, what's the jump there? Yeah, uh, and, and jump is, by the way, the title of my book. So it's a nice uh, pun you made there. So, uh, <laughs> so if you look at uh, history, um, um, I, I started with the economy uh, because people said uh, you need to have an economy degree to be successful in business. Um, and, and I was doing the other side of studying of being a student, which was not studying, but everything around it. And um, on the, and that I decided, yeah, I'm pretty stubborn just to do whatever I wanted to do. I had a tremendous ex, uh, interest in, in history, uh, to do history. I understood that entering uh, business without a type of a business degree was not um, 
the most uh, uh, the direct way to to path in uh, to have a, a business career. So I, I uh, studied um, um, business languages and, and um, how do you call it. Um, Business language, it's MTB in, in the University of Ghent uh, with, with an internship and a marketing agency mm. with some uh, courses from uh, Vlerica MBA. So it was a, it was a really, really good uh, and thorough course. And uh, based on this, I, I jumped into the, uh, the business world. One um, moment, if you would now with the things that you know and you would be 18 again, would you choose the same uh, studies or you would do something completely different in, term, in terms of studying or, or wouldn't you study at all? Oh yeah, I would definitely study. I'm, um, I mean, I have an intellectual mind, so my mind needs to be triggered to be successful. Uh, so if you look at the, um, uh, the, 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 I would have done the same thing. So not necessarily a business degree. In my uh, master years, I studied the Japanese um, because I was tremendously interested into uh, Japan and into the language. And I think I might have done either a, a Slavistic or a Japanese uh, instead of a history. Um, just purely because of out of interest and um, um, entering that way than the business uh, the business world. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, I also studied economics, and uh, my master was also dedicated to Japan. So interesting. Yeah. yeah now, yeah, yeah. Um, but why then sales? I mean, I mean, the typical image of sales is that typical Wolf of Wall Street uh, used car sales guy uh, wearing nice shoes, polished hair, nice costume. Was it, was it that attracted you to, to start in sales or was it just also like me? It, you just roll in it and it's like, oh, okay, I'm now in sales. It was uh, making uh, that impact. And my, my first idea was to go to marketing. And I start, as I said, in a marketing agency. Um, the, the, the big thing there, however, is that um, it was pretty clear to me that in order to have a really big impact in marketing, you needed to uh, join marketing agencies in New York, Paris or uh, London. And that was not my uh, my um, uh, my uh, my goal in the end. Uh, and then I had the chance to enter sales, and based on this, I uh, could um, uh, immediately enter into complex sales environments and really have uh, uh, big deals, work on big deals, and learn from there. And and your first uh, sales leader mentor is it still somebody you you learned everything from? Is it some because that's that's. My first sales manager, I still remember, um, and no, I learned quite a lot of it. Is that also something you look back on your first? Uh... Well, um, I didn't. I or we at that time did not really have mentors, mm -hmm. and um, if, if I had a, an amazingly wise um, manager in, in, the, in the beginning, and he really taught me some basic stuff, but a really foundational stuff, and that's what I mean with basic stuff. Um, on, on the sales side, on the product management side, on the, on the marketing side. And uh, this really helped me in, um, uh, in, in setting a first step. Uh, well, then for me was, was um, my, my experience in martial arts is really having that focus and, and achieving, uh, which I do see people that have, had mar have done martial arts, they tend to have this. While other people uh, uh, don't seem to have that resilience that we sometimes are looking for in sales. Um, and then the third uh, big learner was um, uh, Jensen Wang, who is the CEO of um, uh, NVIDIA. Um, I worked for years for that company. And that's an amazing leader who, who understands how to build a vision um, and can have both in-depth technical art, um, conversations with uh, engineers as well as uh, very high-level 
commercial uh, conversations with, uh, with 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 the salespeople. So uh, I have had different mentors in, in in that way, but not necessarily one individual. That's an interesting what you mentioned about the CEO. Um, and of course, uh, I I don't want to generalize, but I tend to see in um, software slash technical um, IT organizations where the the founder slash CEO is also a technical uh, from from his background that the sales um, has uh, the technical the, 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 the technical people will always be more between brackets important and the sales is something that they have to do. Um, do you see a, a difference there when an, a sales a CEO is more sales oriented, or at least one of the co-founders uh, is more sales oriented? That there is a that these companies are, yeah, are better, are doing better. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. Uh, exactly, technical co-founders. Um, well, uh, let me say most uh, founders uh, tend to underestimate the efforts of doing sales. Mm -hmm. They think I'm going to hire a growth hacker uh, in a month. I'm going to have a million of followers and then uh, I'm going to have leads coming in and uh, the, the sales just have to uh, uh, sign the, the, the purchase order. Um, and, and sales, is, as you know, is, is actually, it, it's simple, but it's also tremendously complex because there are so many wheels uh, that you have to tune. And um, um, persuading a founder of the complexity um, uh, is a challenge. And... It's my experience that also there, they only need to realize, they only need to realize. I mean, they, they tend to realize after the year, I'm not there at all where I am. Maybe I need some support. Um, um, and it goes very basically. Eh? So, so um, tech founders, they, they think about tech. They think about features. Um, and, and I was talking to a founder and in the end, their positioning moved completely eh? after the conversation I had with them from a technical conversation to a vision, what they can do uh, and, and why they do it. So the, the, the founder is a, a Ukrainian guy. He said, yeah, I lived up in poverty. I don't want to wish this to anybody in Ukraine and anybody in the world. Uh, and he developed the technology. And um, with that technology, you can basically disrupt the, the, the current uh, economic models, the current logistical models and so on in the world. So this is hugely disruptive. And if he would have been thinking about the features, he would probably have been thinking, okay, when can I have this feature now? Because uh, we might need it on the market. And the conversations uh, they have now with, the, with, with uh, their customers or with the CEOs that have the vision, okay, uh, we have we had the mandate for, for three, four years of the board to um, build up uh, this company I signed up for. And then we speak about the big chemical companies, the big pharma companies. And when I speak vision to vision, they, they are perfectly aligned on a CEO level and not just on a CT or CIO level where they will only talk about technical features. So um, it opens up a completely way of having conversations. And I'm not talking about filling the pipeline, uh, getting the forecast rate, uh, um, uh, having a good reason to call. It's really just having the basics right. If you would meet a founder and... Um... He uh, he has a great product. At least he's so passionate, or she is so passionate about the product and the features. But they don't have customers yet. What would you recommend? First, hiring a marketeer or slash growth hacker or a sales. I would, um, if I was the sales, I would uh, do the sales myself and hire a marketeer to start building up uh, the content, uh, starting having conversations why the technology matters. If I would be a tech person. 
uh, or a marketer, then I would hire a salesperson to, to do that story okay. for me. Now, um, the, the thing I learned um, from the past is that when I meet a, a startup and uh, the founder or CEO, and they don't have uh, yet a couple of good customers, so validation in my eye, I, uh, I made a mistake by joining the company um, and uh, the, yeah, uh, because of their enthusiasm and their passion. And um, yeah. even though my intuition said, Peter, this is unsellable, which later on was a fact, which was it, the product was unsellable. They, sell, they, they sold uh, basically almost nothing of it. And when they sold, after two years, the, the customers were gone. And um, that's for me, my advice would be uh, before you first are going to hire a sales you have to know for yourself a little bit of validation in the market. And I and, and I would advise that at least one of the founders, because he's so passionate or he or she is so passionate about the product, is that normally they would be the best salesperson to start the first five to ten customers. What's your perspective on that? Do you agree or yeah, do you absolutely. say uh, no bullshit at all? No, absolutely. And uh, by the way, um, when you're a CEO and then when you would have salespeople, that doesn't mean you can stop selling. Yeah, of course. Um, you, you need to stay in touch as a CEO with uh, with either um, uh, the, the strategic customers or with the customers that really are uh, a headache for you, but can really uh, um, give you a breakthrough on, on a potential product market fit issue. And, and it has to do especially with that product market fit issue founders start a company because they have an idea and as I said right so they need to validate it um, somehow and you cannot validate it by creating um, uh, leads that, that just fizzle out because you either don't have content or you don't uh, have a conversation with yeah, them that's correct um, another one which is a, a which is a lot on the on the minds of, of a lot of sales leaders that I meet is that um, it's also one for me by the way and is the, the thing you know there are two types of sales Alain in general, you have the hunters like me, mm -hmm. and then you have like the farmers, yeah, the, the account managers. I mean, I have a tendency to not hard split them, but I have a tendency to at least I know hey, you're talking about capabilities of, of, of your team. I have people who tend to be more like being great at key account management, so bringing that customer to a higher level, expanding the install base at the existing customer set, and then you have like the more I would call them entrepreneurial people who mm -hmm. who they don't need a door; they will come through the wall, uh, to the to through the to the window, or via the yeah. back door, or via the roof. They will enter anyway. How do you how do you structure your teams? Yeah, so um, uh, definitely there are the two different types of uh, people. Mm -hmm. um, for me, if you look at account management, it's good often to have a hunter uh, there as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because of the, the activity and the urgency those people tend to have. Um, maybe they have a bit less of that, um, the, the bird's eye perspective. Uh, I'm, I'm generalizing, right? Um, and in general, we see that the people that go sometimes even through the walls, I'd say, that they are the guys that get things done in uh, a certain amount of time. Uh, when I was uh, leading uh, acquisition teams, uh, so the hunter teams, you really saw that people were able in, in a faster moving environment to, to close, deal within, close deals within the same week. And this is mind blowing that of course we need people to, to keep this, uh, this, uh, this, this in the air. Um, but we need that same urgency in uh, complex sales environments as well. And, and then this has to do with uh, 
having a good reason to call, having a good way of uh, uh, building that urgency, identifying that pain, talking to the right people, and so on and so on. So um, uh, what I also tend to do is segmenting into the market sizes. So uh, uh, smaller companies that have a potential, um, they don't necessarily need to have an, um, an, an let me say an, an, an account manager maybe there they need uh, somebody who can help grow with them and, and help with that uh, urgency eh? because they also would need to build that urgency with that customer so that they, they start moving themselves um, and, and in that way uh, having people that um, are trusted advisor in the sense that they know the market yeah. so that they can hide there the customer in okay a dear customer if you do this based on our and my experience this is where you can uh, uh, arrive. Um, so segmenting in, in market segments is one. And then two, uh, hunter farmer, uh, absolutely. And I would inject then a uh, hunter mentality, hunter people into a, a farming yeah, that's, team. That's yeah. a good one because it's indeed, I in the past, I was sometimes irritated by the fact that um, I really believe in activity. I mean, meeting with, 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 with customers, prospects, I mean, the more the better. Um, I, I, the more the better. That's something I learned. It's not always true. To be, you can also mm -hmm. have a limits where uh, you need to do to always deliver quality. But the thing is that sometimes I see account managers hiding between after or behind the administration part of it. I'm like, how, when did you talk to that customer? Who did you meet? How many new people did you meet this week? And and they were like, yeah, but I have to 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 put this in the CRM. I have to create a quote or blah 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 blah. And I'm like, mm, mm. and that that's the typical sense of urgency that was a little bit. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, uh, you're wasting time here. You're 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 bullshitting yourself. And this is the this is also another one. And this is a very subtle one. Is that a lot of sales tend to act, and I sometimes they are very busy they can they're very busy but um being busy is the biggest um i wouldn't say nightmare but the biggest um trap holding you back to become a high performance person slash seller what's your take on that cedric yeah that you're absolutely right so um it's doing the right things right, and that's crucial. And if you look at the successful salespeople, they're, they are very smart in, in using uh, their time wisely. Um, and, and time management is one of those crucial skills that um, uh, people need to be successful. And so um, how can you maximize my customer facing time? Uh, this would be the number one question. Um, it, some people... Uh, and. and Sales and administration don't go well together. Uh, however, uh, some people tend to hide between uh, behind the admin they need to do to be able to talk to customers. And that's something that um, I'm, I'm really diligent. Eh? So I have very strong, uh, um, um, I have very strong forensic uh, capacities and, and, and skills based on, okay, what are you doing? What is your cadence? Uh, in the morning, if you arrive, do you uh, start reading your emails and um, uh, be a fireman or do you manage your own book, your own uh, lists and do you start managing the business that you would need to, to, to manage um, and even this already moves the people to the, from the short term to the medium and to the long term thinking uh, um, um, so yeah, so that time management is absolutely crucial and again it's, it's a coaching thing, when it's a, a junior person we help them in uh, um, getting their time management uh, skills up 
when it's a more senior person, uh, we basically do the same um, because maybe there there are habits that yeah. have been used. He has been using or she in 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 uh, in, in the previous uh, um, jobs. That's a that's a great one you're mentioning. I sometimes see um, senior salespeople who have been uh, at a certain company for ten years, and they mm-hmm. know the stuff. They are cutting a little bit corners because, uh, and they're doing that same circus trick for 10 years and they are not reinventing themselves. And for me, those kind of people, and I don't want to generalize, are the hardest to coach. They are very stubborn and they, the capability to learn there is completely gone. Then when they change in another environment, uh, a lot of them fail because they are not yeah, reinventing themselves. So I prefer to, yeah, I mean, I, I challenge them and like, I mean, you're sitting too long in a certain role. I think if you want mm-hmm. to become very successful, you have to reset yourself every four or five years and start something. And maybe also in another market. I mean, you can work for Semantic Veritas and then go to McAfee, for instance, or go to uh, EMC, um, which is for me like, yeah, you're just going to the competition and selling the same stuff again with a new with a new sticker on it. Um, what, how do you look uh, on 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 that one? That's a very hard one. And people get often in the, those um, the big companies. They they are in the whole in the golden cage. Uh, things have been working, and they think that's a way of uh, doing business. Uh, but if you look at being, for example, channel manager with a uh, with um, uh, a top three uh, vendor, or you're a, a, a channel manager with a, with a vendor. Uh, sorry, with a, with a challenger. It's a completely mm-hmm. different way of talking and negotiating. So, in in big companies, uh, some practices are absolutely spot on. On on, let me say, sometimes on the process yes. side. However, there we have the underside processes are not always outcome driven. Eh? Um, and at the same time, if you look at the, the the new companies, they need people that can scale very fast. Um, and they might hire that, uh, uh, let me say that a vendor, uh, sales guy or channel guy, um, for the network, but then the drive is not there. The, the velocity that is needed, uh, in, in, in startups or scale-ups is not there. And, and this definitely creates, a, um, a challenge. So if you would hire a person like this, you need somebody who is, uh, who is definitely coachable. Now I'm going to come to, um, one of uh, your passions and also mine. And I want to congratulate you. Um, it's because you have written, in my personal opinion, one of the best pipeline uh, ebooks. Um, Thank you. Because I, I maybe maybe I cannot do that, but I sent it to the whole sales team and I said, "Look, you all want to become a sales director? Learn this by heart, apply it, and you will become successful with the big capital S." It reminded me. It, it for me, it reminded me very close to the the medic medpic um, framework. To be quite open. Um, which I like, um, and also the fact that uh, I, I, the, the qualification is more called discovery, where I saw um, young people, they want to go very fast and they're very urgent and impatient to go that, to that close. So what they tend to yeah. do is because they have learned somewhere that they have asked questions, so they ask two questions, then they start to pitch, and then they want to go as soon as possible to that proposal phase in order to close. Whereas where I tend to be the other way around, to stay very long in that discover phase, create value, qualify, and stay and qualify all the time, and then go to that um, proposal phase when the customer is ready, when he's asking for it, whereas I have a very high proposal closing uh, ratio. So how do you you look into that? And where did you get actually your framework? 
to be honest, Cedric. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so um, a lot of questions, yeah, uh, and thank you for the compliment. So, um, um, well, first of all, when I do pipeline reviews myself, yeah. I know already uh, when I do the pipeline review if the deal will close or not, and it was because of the discovery has not been done done well. So, if if uh, I talk about uh, the discovery stage. It's there exactly that you put the qualifying questions. Uh, so I don't say it's qualifying stage, I say discovery stage. So um, also, if you look at uh, other companies, sometimes they have 10 or 12 or 15 stages, uh, which is uh, unmanageable, basically. So also the amount of stages should be quite limited. So that's also a reason why I built that framework only in, in the four or five uh, major steps. Um, so... Um, what is for me very important is to know the conditions when you move from one stage to another stage. Eh? So I, I, I was not inspired by, uh, by, by medic. Eh? I, I know it. Um, and, and obviously, and I think this is uh, what, what most people with a lot of experience say, okay, the, the qualification, the discovery is absolutely crucial. Um, because what one for me, what, what one of the things for me, which is an, uh, a no, no, is if you will write a proposal, if you have never spoken with the economic buyer or with a budget uh, owner or how you will uh, call, call that person. And um, uh, when I made this model, I was really looking at to, uh, combining all this knowledge, making it simple, put the effort on the discovery. Um, I actually have one of, one of the statements that I have, if you do the discovery right, you won't have an objection. So then objection handling becomes a com of a completely different nature. I don't need, um, I don't and, to close also. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, that's a good point you brought in. And people say, okay, we need to close, close, close. And there's a completely different, um, a, com a big difference between creating urgency mm -hmm. and trying to close. You have to put the urgency with a yeah. customer. Uh, and if the customer does not understand the urgency or does not have the urgency, either you move on or you reframe it or you talk to another person within that same company if you're if you know that they do have the urgency but somehow uh, it didn't uh, uh, come up during during that conversations you had so that's why for me the, the the discovery stage is absolutely crucial and then what i learned in my uh, uh, from my uh, time when i was a consultant is is the scoping uh, so what is part of the scope what will we solve um, and what won't we solve and then you can uh, create a good demo with then a good validation because you have common grounds on moving forward into, into the process. Uh, and yes, uh, Medic there is also very uh, well aligned with it that you, you keep on qualifying um, and, and uh, the, the scoping process is absolutely crucial as well in, in, in Medic. So, so yeah, there are definitely a few uh, things that, that come back yeah. there. Yeah. Now, um, the, uh, I'm going to some, some practical questions. Um, I don't think we'll have enough for one hour. I think I have to go to some kind of uh, trilogy, trilogy or something, uh, a sequel with you, Cedric, because I'm very curious. Um, on the practical side, I mean, you know, the, the, the cliche is, and it still exists because I've been there, is the, the pipeline meeting or, or the QBR or whatever they want to call it today, is that you come into the office typically Monday morning and um, mm -hmm. everybody in sales in the meeting room, they're chatting, having coffee, and then the meeting starts. You see a kind of a Salesforce or whatever CRM they're using and with the stages. Uh, and then they go deal per deal. And 
and they ask you that that same stupid question like what is the next step and when you're going to close and that deal slips and slips and slips yeah i'm going to call to contact the customer or i'm, I'm even worse and that's that lane line i hit i'm going to send him or her an email i'm like what the fuck yeah, yeah, now yeah. how do you how do you because i don't know i don't do that that's for me not i don't arrange my sales meetings like that i do them one-on-one sometimes a little bit i challenge them uh, certain deals but certainly not the complete pipe how do how do you organize yourself with with your teams yeah so um uh, we have a weekly forecast meeting um we have a weekly closing meeting to to understand what deals have closed uh where uh, do we have a gap how far are we from the gap and so on and so on this is on a high level mm-hmm. and then on a one to one i uh, go deeper uh, not every week every two weeks every every month based on the the the, the progression i see of uh, um how the pipe is being built mm-hmm. eh? um and also um tend to work differently if the people are uh, new hires or if they're a bit longer in the organization <clears throat> uh, because new hires tend to underestimate the velocity of the business um the 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 times three or times four pipeline value and do do, do we need it yes or no for junior peoples we, we obviously need it for others maybe a bit less so it's it's also important there to have an, an individual approach um what is important is that as a team uh the people know that uh where we are uh what is the size of the gap uh what do we have in um um what do we have uh, either in best case or in stage three or in stage one whatever that you can either um uh, uh well that you can put in best case that potentially will close uh, what, what, would, what would be an upside or whatnot so having that alignment with the entire team is very important going deep in a deal per deal base is then on on a on a one-to-one uh, uh, level. Mm-hmm. I know a sales director who is uh, in that kind of meeting is le- actually creating competition between sellers. So he's like more in a bullying way where he's going to put a, a person who is doing great, he's going to yeah, uh, make sure he or she is the, is the hero. And then he's going to say to other people who are lacking, he's going to really, I wouldn't say discriminate, but be very yeah negative and and even i i believe they they have like some kind of parking spot where the hero of the week or the month is going to park his car or her car there um i tend and i i've not done it done it for two companies um i've done the opposite i've made sure that the and this is more like a spiritual thing is that the the total is more than a sum of the laying parts the thing i learned is the better your people are working together within the sales team but also within the organization the more they're going to be pushed to reach that objective together, and I've I've had it I've had it experiences right now, but also in in the in the other um, company. So if I see behavior which is going to be negative to, towards coworkers, I tend to I wouldn't say punish, but on an evaluation, if you even reach your target, for me the how you reach your targets is even more important. The fact that you reach your targets. What's your take on yeah. that, Cedric? Yeah, absolutely right. Um, we have a common goal to reach and um, we look at the gap. Uh, um, we have different skill sets in the team, so it's um, only normal uh, for us, it's normal to help each other out. Again, within the framework, it is important that people um, uh, reach a certain uh, um, amount of turnover uh, within a certain time frame within the quarter. Um, and I'm very un- unforgiven in that way. Uh, I will not call somebody out individually, 
However, I will put the conversation on the high level and say, listen, this, these are the expectations um, and, and this is what ju is just expected then, uh, of you to, to, to reach within, a, within weeks four or week six or, or just name it. Um, knowing this, that we do have the individual uh, uh, guidance and, and support uh, at the same time. So, um, and, and again, and, and it has nothing to do with junior or senior, new in the company or not new in the company. You have that intrinsic drive of wanting to win or not. Uh, and, and I, I say we are like, I'm not a football fan, but uh, to make things easy, I, say, I see myself as the coach of uh, Manchester United. And sometimes you have a person who comes from uh, Provinciale, uh, who was in the, in the, in the local teams, uh, however, has potential. So it's up to that person to show that they can keep that uh, potential and have that drive. Um, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it, uh, it doesn't work out, but we really need to have that mindset of, okay, we are a, a top team. Uh, the things we need to do to remain a top team, uh, this is the basic. So in that sense, I'm, uh, I'm uh, very uh, strict in, with, with certain uh, metrics. Now, now, you're talking about uh, high performance being... Um, I'm also not a football fan, but I, I tend to call it uh, playing Champions League. And this is, for me, very important. I mean, just being me mediocre. And it's not about me being better than another person. It's about me being better than the Peter of five years ago. I just intend to enjoy that process, that journey. Um, yeah. Of course, you can, you can also uh, go to... To limits, with, uh, go to extremes which are not healthy for you, but that's another discussion. How, um, how how do you do that building? That is a very very general question. But how do you build such a high performance culture? Is it by selecting uh, individuals who have that high performance passion in themselves and mingling them? How do you do that, Cedric? What's your what's your framework framework on that? How do you do that? Yeah, for me, definitely. Um, so building the framework is uh, setting the expectations, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, for me, you need the people who are absolutely willing to do mm -hmm. it. Um, and it means uh, sometimes going for the, 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 let me call it the unusual profile for a certain, uh, um, uh, for certain uh, roles. What, 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 what is unusual for you? Um, without being too explicit to, to think about a specific person, uh, somebody who has never worked in a, a high velocity environment. Mm. Um, so is not used to be uh, sitting uh, behind a computer in an inside sales B2B uh, environment. However, has a tremendous drive, uh, has been an entrepreneur and has uh, shown to pull through uh, personal difficulties in life. Um, and, and this is it. So rather than uh, looking somebody for uh, taking somebody who has had three, four, five year experience in, in, in that same B2B uh, SaaS environment, uh, because in the end, those are just, uh, for me, feature skills that, that have to be learned, how the product works, how the sales environment works and so on and then execute. Right. So I'm, I'm looking for people that can execute in, in, uh, setting up a high performance or, uh, organization because high performance, uh, you will be stretched. Um, this is what is expected from you and, and people that stretch themselves or have had uh, a huge uh, uh, stretch in life, uh, those people um, uh, tend to be able to, to, to work with uh, stretch targets. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, now, the, um, where, where do we go? When I was uh, starting in this company, um, I saw... It is, and it, this is more because I know you're a big fan of self-awareness. Uh, me too, by mm -hmm. the way. And 
the more I have been working around self-awareness and intuition, there is some kind of, I don't know, some kind of voice inside myself, which is becoming louder and louder, who is going to say to me in a quiet, silent voice, certain things. I'm going to explain myself. So when I arrived at this company, I just saw the, the salespersons in a meeting, how they are reacting to each other. And it, there was there was like, I saw some kind of, this person and this person is not going to make it in three months. But just because on the on the the way they are communicating with each other and the way they were and and I was right. And it was even so when I fired those I fired, let go of those person and said, I think your skills need to be used in another environment. Um that the existing sales a team, they excelled what they were doing, they were even going over their targets. So it was like that the other ones were holding them back. How do you use this kind of um, self-awareness, intuition, things in your sales life? Or do you think, I don't use it there, Peter, it's just something completely separate for me? Um, for me, it's a balance because I used to take very quickly decisions could, uh, based on like... On the, based on what? Is it on rational, on your head or gut? I that's that's a good one. It's just like maybe a partly gut, um, and then I want to execute on on what I had in mind. Um, I learned to to hold back a bit, uh, but you're right. All too often, what what your initial reaction was is is just true, uh, which again in in an in a sales environment. Uh, it leads for me to decide that you only hire the people you 100% uh, go for if you have doubts and then the right doubts of um, um, uh, certain things that people say and they don't follow up uh, just not to not to execute on it. Um, also, and, and maybe then that's experience. And when people talk about a certain deal, um, you already can, uh, you already know what they will say next. But then is this experience or is this gut feel? And, and it's the, either the classical excuses or because customers react in certain ways. Um, so um, I do have to say, uh, so, so yes, that I had slash have the challenge in combining and that, that, that heart and that mind and the, 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 the rational part and then the, the, the gut feeling part. Um, but before I was much more gut than than a number person uh, in in my career, uh, because I, I I I paint. I always I always thought I would become a become an artist uh, because I always was drawing and painting and so on. So I was very um, uh, uh, well an, an an artsy, creative, very chaotic person. And one of the things in in becoming for me a, a, a business person, a leader, is was really to to work on on on, on the data. Um, and know that balance is, is going back into, again, uh, becoming, and again, it's a process, more that, that, that hard person, that, that uh, uh, creative person, and, and use it into, uh, as you said, uh, in the, into the decision-making. So, um, and, and is this then, then good, or is it just the, the, whole, the whole thing that is coming together? Um, maybe it's the last one, because uh, you, you can... You can uh, prove everything with numbers. Uh, uh, what is it? Seventy percent of the statistics are invented on the spot. Um, at the same time, people that just rely on "oh, this is my intuition," intuition, mm -hmm. they probably miss a lot of of, of this as well. So, so yes, yeah, so, so um, 
Uh, it's a good question, and not out of it is this if this is uh, purely the gut or uh, where where is it coming from? Yeah, but it's it's uh, I I don't believe in in uh, in just hundred percent the gut and hundred percent the 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 head. The thing that I know for sure, hundred percent the decision that I took from my head on a rational part, they were the wrong. If they were, mm-hmm. I mean, I I I knew uh, when it was it I think eight years ago, seven years ago, and uh, we needed a service manager very urgently because customers were bleeding blah 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 and it's going to going to fall back on account manager and i saw a person which was fitting on paper but uh i felt like mm. and then one of my female colleagues said peter it's not going to work and i said shut up we're going to do it anyway two weeks later the guy was gone and since then i said look and for me just the head the, the rational part that's 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 not enough but on the other side also when i'm for instance in, in a cadence call and uh i can feel the room and i can feel your bullshitting i can feel it yeah. like miles away and then i'm very hard and direct because i have a very direct communication um, the, the people i work with they know that my intention is pure and it's good i want to uplift them my communication yeah. is is very direct especially for the belgian uh, culture but i'm like yeah i mean i'm not going here to hurt you i'm here to help you grow and uh, I'm not here to to sugarcoat you. So, um, but but the thing is, that, which I find surprising is that my perception of you was just the other way around. Because I'm a musician, I'm not going to say I'm I'm a chaos. I'm chaotic. I have structure, but I'm not like uh, if I see like Michael Humble, he seems like very structured. And you also in your in your um, um, in your uh, in your ebooks, it's very structured because. I had that model in my head and I had had difficulty like transferring that transferring that knowledge onto a salesperson. And then when I see that combined with medic, or it actually is the qualified sales leader, that book, which is an amazing book eh, because I have to read your book. Um, is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I find it a great book. It's, it's, one, yeah, of, it's, it is, it's yeah. one of the best that I have read, to be honest. And, um, and it's also combining those two. Eh? It's not only about numbers, but it's, it's really all that the practicality um and um yeah it's 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 a two so when i i'm i'm meeting in a, in a, in a cadence call i'm like okay you you're bullshitting me um you you want do you want to become a sales manager stop lying to yourself and take responsibility mm-hmm. because the thing i really hate is that when when salespersons are going yeah it's a product it's a it's a it's a feature it's a competition it's the price it's the it's the market it's corona it's blah 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 yeah. it's it's no 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 it's you it's you who's going to take responsibility um now we're going to go on a completely different level here cedric i mean how young are you right now 48 48 okay it's great age it's like two years uh, more than me if we're going to go back and we go to Ghent, you're 18, you're standing outside uh, the, the, how do you call it, the, the Uberport uh, with a beer and a cigarette. And um, I'm going to ask you, and we're meeting the Cedric of who is 18. What kind of advice personally or professional would you give yourself? Yeah, to, um, to don't, don't lose yourself. Um, and, and you said before uh, that uh, the VP title, that sounded to be so important and so blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I think um, at least I have made the mistakes of uh, chasing that title and then to be that title rather than being um, 
uh, a person that that could lead and and could represent an organization um and maybe this is then the rational part of okay this is what you need to achieve in order to um and and there i i uh, i have lost myself uh with the with the with the predictable results so i would say it is at 18 be yourself and uh what you learn in in then karate and just uh, uh apply it as well in in your career um I mean you have been very successful quote um according to the traditional beliefs eh? making lots of money getting targets uh, excelling team blah 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 i mean um i had similar experiences it's not to brag but the thing is it's going to between brackets fuck up your ego and the thing is that uh, you're going to believe that the sun is shining out of your ass how do you keep your ego in check cedric well, uh, again, uh, having to run with my head against the wall, uh, and after this, so so um, I've had a period. I, I had a burnout uh, when I was in mid thirties, and it took me really a while to get out of this. And then even afterwards, <clears throat> it's actually a, a couple of years that you suffer from this to to really find yourself again. Mm-hmm. So I I got back. I I did uh, from some people it might sound mumbo jumbo, but for me it really helped. It was a I, uh, Reiki, meditation, uh, uh, energy work. I, I I felt my heart standing still during that first session, and I felt it rebooting. And it felt like, and I was like, the whole world that that uh, that that I lost now was on my shoulder, and and it got lost, and and um, I, I could like restart again. It was really a reboot, and that was like I think again the first steps to 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 finding back uh, uh, my other uh, half, um, and. Um, with this, I, I I lost the the, the urge to, to to chase an ego or or, or trying to be somebody that you're yeah. not, uh, or um, having that that face that shield in front of you that uh, you don't really need it because um, and, and I mean I mean most of us uh, uh, suffer from it, but you need to lose that shield. You need yeah. to become vulnerable in order to grow. Uh, I I once uh, read a book of uh, of an Irish uh, professor and. He, um, that we all have to become a lobster and uh, when lobsters shed their skin yep. they can only shed their skin when they can grow and when they can stretch uh, when when they have their hard uh, uh, chitina layer they cannot grow um and then in that week that they're without the hard skin they are very vulnerable but then they can grow and this image is for me so true mm-hmm. and um uh so, so for me this was a, a very important uh, process in my life that i think i had to go through to then to uh keep on uh, or being able to to uh, evolve and to grow it's the same yeah i know the the, the analogy um because they really have to yeah rub their skin against a, a rock so that the, the the skin uh will will tear off and then they have to hide behind the rock because indeed yeah, they're right. very vulnerable because they can if a predator comes along it they can be be hurt for me the same analogy is also applied to um the caterpillar versus um becoming becoming uh the the butterfly because there are, you have the, the caterpillar then becomes a kind of an in, in a cocon and then mm-hmm. you cannot just cut the cocon and then see the butterfly no it's a real transformation and it's for me and now we're going to go very by the way this is not mumbo jumbo for me i advise it to everybody uh to do energy work uh, healing and meditation i mean mm-hmm. the biggest creativity there is there and especially also and that's what everybody wants is peace of mind um yeah. and to quieten the, the, the monkey mind and it's going to make you make better decisions um 
and I uh, completely lost lost my 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 thing. Um, um, is is the is the fact that okay, you have the caterpillar, you have the the, the butterfly. Um, is that once you become aware of this mechanism, and then you can really look at yourself and ask you, okay, am I doing this now for me, who is going to be close to myself? Or I'm, or I'm making this decision because of some kind of external validation, eh? because uh, people yeah. look at me and, and things like that, some kind of prestige. And when you become aware of those things, I think, yeah. Now, an, another thing to, to, to reach that kind. Well, maybe yes, if, yes, yes, yes. If, if I yeah, can yeah, yeah. answer on this, I, I, found, I think for me, I'm really consciously making a decision now if I want to do something. Is it my ego? Yeah. Do I want yeah. to achieve this or do I want to show... Yeah that I can do it or is it something that um, um, I, I, I want to do because I know I can help people yeah. with it and um, do I go into another golden cage or will I really, uh, I mean, spread my word and, and uh, make other people successful in this? And I, and I think that was a very, very uh, interesting event, uh, but no, absolutely, right? So um, that that other part in, in that energy work, that that it's it, it has opened so many things for me and really becoming aware. And uh, if, if you know the statistic in Belgium, one in 10 of the people take antidepressants, uh, which is a horrible statistic, uh, which is uh, uh, the, the, the pharma upsell strategies. Uh, we are salespeople, so we know how to talk about this. But then if you know that by... by uh, doing meditation by finding even those five minutes maybe in the morning or five minutes uh, at lunch just uh, coming to yourself um, and that's a start uh, you you would have a completely different uh, society and you 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 would have different conversations with uh, your your partners with your customers and again that's not mumbo jumbo it's just as you said right it's proven even by by uh, science and by by results it's it's it, it leads to dramatic improvement you still have a couple of minutes cedric yeah of yeah, course okay. um is the the, the they they did a study on um, on a monk? It's a French monk, and um, it, it it's um, they call him the happiest man on earth because he did all that kind of meditation, and uh, and it's, it was even a guy who had like Ferraris who was uh, on a jet set partying with girls and things like that, and and um, and so his brain and I really believe that his brain really. Um, changed and transformed because of all the meditation of course i mean and this is a very important one and i call it aligned action i mean you can do things and be so busy that you don't know anymore why you are doing stuff and it can be even mm -hmm. that you're doing stuff which is so far from you that you will come into some kind of burnout or depression and um so it's not because you meditate that everything is going to fall into place. It's, again, the two. I mean, you can meditate, but you're also going to take massive action if you want to be happy, if you want to be successful in life, if whatever you want to achieve. I mean, the, the things will not come by itself. But if you do it, you meditate. That's my philosophy is now, even with the same with the deals, is to go slow in order to go fast. In the past, I went very fast. It was like... Boom, and I'm like, is this now fitting for me? Is this now what I want? And um, so, and it's 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 like a very strange, um, yeah, uh, thing is to to go slow, to meditate, to to do whatever, to rest, to think about it, then to feel it, and then to take massive aligned action. Yeah, to execute the hell out yeah. of it. That's one of one of the things I say. And and if you look on on, on the business as a scale up or as an individual, or then exactly in in making a decision. 
because now I'm uh, um, maybe I'm now in the process even of thinking too long before uh, making a, a decision. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's a very interesting point you say in, in going slow and then uh, go fast and afterwards. Yeah, yeah that's correct. Uh, now, um, and, and maybe and, and if yes, I can yes, with yes. this. The, what we see then, and the monks and, and their specialists in their way, yeah. what I don't agree with that way of living is that many people that uh, go a lot to that hard side, they don't do action to make an impact on the world. So uh, they, they say they meditate, but nobody knows they're in their, uh, uh, in their house uh, insulated from, from the outside. But we can make a difference. And I think as a human, we should do this because we are not solitary creatures. We are, um, we have a society and we should definitely do stuff to, to impact society. Uh, whether it's then, uh, to be a conscious leader uh, who meditates or whether it be a conscious salesperson who, who uh, says no to a customer yes. if he cannot uh, offer the right solution, but then finds the customer that they can find a solution. And I genuinely believe this. Uh, and, and when we do can have a solution also, um, talk to the customer so that they uh, are uh, evangelated, uh, educated, and okay, yes, we need that solution to have a better uh, impact. So, so it's it, it's 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 again not a white black uh, uh, thing in this. Yeah. I I certainly I don't have any ambition to become a monk um, because I really feel that and now is going to go deeply spiritual. I mean, you can meditate, but in order, I'm knowing I'm going to link to your um, um, it was karate. Eh? Yeah, yeah huh? exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can you can meditate, but the learning part is really being in situations where you're going to be triggered and where your ego and 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 where you're going to feel frustration and irritation and this is where the, the spiritual practice lies. And okay, you you have to meditate, but it's I mean, just on your yoga mat alone, you're not going to feel that thing. And sometimes these these people who have uh, the tendency to go for 100% hard, they're going to also look for communities where everything is love and everything is nice, and etc., etc., etc. But when they then come into the real world, because not everybody is like that, it's even less than 10% of the world. I mean, yeah, they're feeling like, um, yeah, how do you say that? They're not trained of it. So for me, I rather go into the, the fire and then stepping out and meditate and then again, so, so I can learn from myself when okay this is triggering me now i feel irritated it's frustrated what is the lesson it what does it want me to say here what what what's the learning part here and um so yeah the monk thing it's it's fine it's great um <laughs> but i really believe in and also the, the fact i mean that that you have the combination of the two i mean being faced with this kind of difficult situations is hard but now I know I'm going to survive and I'm going even better. It's going to become my ticket to grow and to, it's, it's that lobster thing you're just mentioning. Eh? I mean, so I really think even then the best is yet to come. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, again, there, right. So uh, we should be all part of society and just, uh, well, execute out of it. And, um, having that balance is key and uh, tipping your feet in one, in, in one uh, pool and then in the other pool is, is what we need to do. Um, um, and, and maybe also if you look at those, uh, the top managers from the top companies, many of them are actually doing this already uh, because they know they have a very, very demanding job. Um, they work with coaches to become a more complete uh, human being. And 
all too often I see, uh, for example, last year I was uh, in a, or this year still with Corona, the, yeah, last year I was, uh, was uh, uh, giving a talk to 10 CEOs of Belgian companies and I was like, okay, who works with a coach? Who has a coach? Nobody was putting their hands up. Uh, so um, in this, you really need, in, in this journey, you really need coaches who can help you, who can uh, uh, help you uh, discovering yourself before you burn out, before you think you have to do certain things because it is your role or your, your whatever you feel you need to do. So um, 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 yeah, you, you, you need to keep growing. So you need to have uh, all of this together. That's, 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 a, that's a good point. I, I have two coaches and I change regularly um, from uh, another coach. So I swap them for certain yeah. areas. Even with salespeople, I don't understand why you don't have, yeah, but you have to pay me coach. Yeah, but I mean, if you really, I'm, I mean, it's your life. It's your career. I mean, take it in your own hands. I mean, why can you invest like, I don't know, 2K in a in a, in a, in a very expensive phone or, or, or I don't know, some kind of a, a costume vest or whatever or pants or whatever. And and then 2K investing in yourself is, is like, that's that's too, mu too much money. I, I, I don't understand that. And I, I feel there's a change in Belgium, but it's still there's, it's, it's still behind compared to the Netherlands or the US or UK, where it's still, if I go to the Netherlands, I see business people having like, like, like coaches, but on all areas of their lives. And, and, mm -hmm. and they, they, if you don't have it, it's a, it's a strange thing. Whereas here it's like, it's still that mumbo jumbo thing, or, it, or there's something wrong with you what needs to be fixed. No, nothing needs to be fixed. It's just becoming a better version or becoming the closest version of you really are and becoming more compassionate, conscious, uh, self-aware. Um, and, and I find that also very, very strange. Um, yeah. hmm, interesting. Now, as a, as a closing question, um, what was the book, video, that really opened your eyes clicked um changed your life maybe in your rock bottom period um what what was it that that or was it a talk with somebody um um well what what uh, we talk about transformation right and there you have different inflection points so i don't so first of all i had i had a person i i went to when i uh when i was in my mid-30s and uh, he, he, he got to introduce me to, to all these uh, different type of things. Uh, so uh, uh, maybe that's one thing. But then if you look at recently, uh, the last couple of years, or the books of uh, Joe Dispenza, where he uh, links. Um, so I read he has written four books over the course of 10 years. There you see his evolution mm -hmm. in uh, how he thinks and his meditations. So he links the meditation with the outside world, with the... Uh, finding your higher self, whatever that is. Uh, we, we won't go into this right now. And um, this really uh, helps me transforming more. And um, uh, if you say, uh, when, when I see people that are struggling or that are looking for uh, an answer, those are always yeah. the, the, the books that I, uh, that I uh, uh, propose uh, to, to, to buy or to get. Uh, like like um, Supernatural, for instance. Yeah. For example, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. The, so the, but also, what I also sometimes do is I forward um, Joe Dispenza. If you look at him on videos, he's an excellent storyteller and he's actually a great sales guy. I mean, he can tell, talk for one hour and your lips will be, oh, 
and it's it's with that passionate and and I so he doesn't look like any monk with white hair. No, he looks really business corporate. Um, oh, he is business corporate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he's building a business. Yeah, I mean, uh, he knows yeah, how to build a business, but it's never. It's never. I mean, the intention is set right there. I, I really feel it, and um, it's there is no coincidence, and it's not something we're going to deep uh, going to deep deeper deeper here. But this morning at six thirty, I always get up around six 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 thirty. Then the world is a little bit asleep still. Also, my son and um, and my wife, and then I go down and I put on an, a Joe Dispenza uh, meditation. It can be a brain heart coherence uh, meditation or whatever, but He's really about that. He has that voice like, feel the space behind your back. Feel the space. Can you feel the space behind your eyes? And in the beginning, with that special music, it sounds a little bit, mm, but I mean, it's like 24 minutes and certain, it's not always, but sometimes I, I become in that kind of bliss state. You know that state? Bliss state? It's like that state that you, it's it's, there is nothing to be, grateful or happy about where you just are and you it's you're just yeah it, there, there is nothing eh? and that's also another topic and it's 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 yeah it's it's fantastic and it's for me it's not mumbo jumbo i can really recommend it and i advise it to people who are seeing struggling in some kind of burnout phase they then to they cannot even sit still for one minute and they're like, no, I'm going to stop. And I'm like, no, you have to do it in two minutes if you cannot sit still for one minute. And when your monkey mind is going, because you have to get through that. You have to go through that. But then they stop. And it's it's about them. I cannot force them. But it's um, it's a great one, Joe Dispenza. I mean, I'm also a fan. Cedric, I want to thank you. I want to thank you because, um, yeah, I don't want to take more of your time. And I promise you we'll do a second one. I really admire Perfect. you because you're being vulnerable and you have that right combination between like the, the sales, but also that other part, because it's something I identify myself also with. And it's quite rare and unique because I see people being in the in one camp or I see them in, in another camp. And when you try to then to talk about this self-awareness, they look at, they look at you like you're good sales, but what yeah. the hell are you talking about? Well, being vulnerable is not the same as being weak. Yeah. And maybe that's a first uh, step to to realize. And and thank you, Peter. I had a very, very pleasant conversation. And uh, uh, we seem to have the sun with us as well. So uh, as you might have seen, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. boring. So uh, yeah, I really had a, had a blast. Thank you. Thank you. I wish you all the best, Cedric. And one thing for sure, I'm looking forward to meeting you in uh, real life. And the seed has been planted. I know something is going to happen, but I don't know what, when. Well, it's all okay. Thanks. Definitely. Thank you, Peter. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Peter here. Thanks a lot for listening to What's On Your Mind. Looking forward to your opinions and comments. And don't forget to subscribe on psgrow.com and leave your email address to stay tuned for future episodes. Bye.